This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everybody. I'm Seth Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Now, if you run a business and the latest tech is getting you befuddled, my next guest will soon have you sorted. Tracy Sheen is a tech expert with decades of experience. Her plain English, no-nonsense advice has helped thousands of business owners better understand how they can make the most of their tech. And as KBB's resident tech expert, she has plenty to share on all the latest trends. She's also the author of The End of Technophobia, a practical guide to digitizing your business, which has so many helpful tips on how you can ditch your tech fears and make digital solutions work for you. Hey, Tracy. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, Seth. It's lovely to be back. Oh, it's always a pleasure having you on the show and, and on um, KBB. Tracy's our, our resident tech expert on Koshi's Business Builders TV show on Channel 7. So she's always full of enormously helpful advice for our small business and micro business audience. Aren't you, Tracy? Well, I was wondering where you were going with that when you said she's always full of, and then there was a pause. So, (laughs) now since it's the beginning of the year, well, relatively so. um, Most people have only probably started back into the real swing of things in the last week, two weeks. Um, What are you seeing as the trends that are already emerging for 2023 in terms of tech? for small business? 100% says this is the year of AI. It's the year that AI really makes inroads and changes for small business. And I think it's, it's really interesting to me because while AI has been around for a while now, anytime we pick up Google, you know, it's really AI or if we use Grammarly or Crisp or, you know, any number of platforms, AI, AI, but there's been some great media exposure around, let's say, chat GPT, which is just setting all of the little fireflies abuzz. And I think it's the, it's the thing that's going to be the tipping point that starts to get people familiar with the impacts that AI can have. Mm, I think it's really interesting. It's like um, Dali, all the artists were going, oh, I'll never paint again. And (laughs) and now with ChatGPT, all the journalists are going, my job's over. Mm. (laughs) I won't be writing for a newspaper anytime again, anytime soon. Like it's just sort of, there's a lot of hysteria going around. But at the same time, it's just, I think um, for small business owners, it's such a valuable tool when it comes to creating content. Yeah, absolutely. And and look, there's there's always that catastrophe 
Oh, that word that I can't say, catastrophizing. catastrophizing. Thank <laughs> you. When something new comes out, you know, I saw it when text messaging happened. We saw it when, you know, fax machines came out. We saw it with the iPhone. We saw, you know, so it always happens. I think the thing for me is AI is not going to take anybody's jobs. It's not going to get rid of journalism. What it's going to do is the people who learn how to manipulate and work with the platforms, they're the ones that are going to see a, a significant increase in growth and in productivity and the way that business is shaped for them. I think if anything, it's going to level up our critical thinking because we need to the output of any of these programs is only good as the input that we give it. Mm, yeah, exactly. And also I think uh, in terms of our critical thinking, don't just take it as gospel that what the chat GPT has spat out for you is actually accurate. Like do a bit of your own research at the same time as well because I think there's there have been comparisons that have, I've seen where someone's put in a question and it just chat GPT just makes up facts. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not dissimilar to some of the politicians, right? I think um, <laughs> I, I, you're right. I think ultimately we remain the experts in our business and in our industry and it is something that it's just another tool. We still need to sanity check. We still need to double check the facts, the plagiarism, all of that kind of stuff. I do think, though, it's going to increase productivity, make our lives one hell of a lot easier. Hmm. So what what kind of um, business cases do you see for chat GPT for the average small business owner? Yeah, I just finished a webinar where it was interesting because people were throwing up a bunch of stuff. So we ideated uh, social media content, we outlined a blog, we turned a podcast show notes into an outline for another episode, we come up with interview questions, we discovered the recipe for the best Negroni. Um, <laughs> we wrote some code to plug into a website for a search bar. We came up with a formula for an Excel spreadsheet. I really, what I really want people to understand is that these platforms are—they think they're a toaster essentially until you tell them what they are. So it's up to you to start playing with them and pushing the boundaries of, you know, can it do this? Can it help me write meeting notes? Can it um, spit out a new marketing plan for me? And then start to have a bit of a play with, well, what does it look like if I ask it this? Mm. So what about, um, because th those kind of features have been around in platforms like Hello Scribe and stuff like that for a while now. So is this kind of levelling the playing field? Because big businesses have been using these features already. Mm. You, you're exactly right. ChatGPT right now is free. So there is no excuse for micro solopreneurs, small business, anyone not to be having a play and understanding how these work. Now, I fully suspect that they are going to be a subscription service sooner rather than later uh, and by the time you've had a play it'll be up to you then to decide whether it's worth subscribing or not but you're right it's just leveled the playing field a lot of small businesses couldn't afford the monthly subscription of a jasper or a hello scribe or any of the other platforms that have been around for a while but they can afford to jump into this while it's still a research tool and have a play with it for free and then make some decisions hmm. 
It's fascinating, really. And the machines aren't going to take over the world, we hope. <laughs> no, it was really funny. Someone on a, um, I'm part of, you know, a mastermind globally and someone on the, the group said that they asked it the other day whether it was any relation to um, uh, cybernetics from, you know, Terminator. And it said, you know, Cyberdyne. I'm, Cyberdyne, that was it. And it said, no, I'm, you know, complete. And I thought, well, that's exactly what it would say, right? So where, where I think it's going to get interesting is if we see the work that's being done by people like Boston Dynamics with Atlas, you know, the robot, the bipedal robot, mm. if you can imagine that being married with the power of GP, chat GPT, that's where I think we start to have some, you know, some bigger conversations around, well, what does this mean? Um, but right now, yeah, I, I just think it's, I do think it's interesting that they've limited chat GPT to a close off date of 2021 and they're acting as a research tool. So I think that perhaps the Owners of the platform have recognised that, you know, humanity could skew it for evil if they wanted to. So there are some limitations around it. But, yeah, who knows what that's going to look like when it's let loose. <laughs> now, what else? What else has been taking your fancy that you think business owners need to know about for this year? Yeah, I think um, I think AI is going to underpin everything. So I've been having a play with a few of the video tools as well. Things like uh, Pictory is really interesting. So uh, I've been using Pictory to um, take you know a thirty-minute webinar content and run the script through and get it to chunk it down into shorter videos that I can use for social media. So that's taken, you know, saved a lot of time in terms of video editing and faffing about for me with that. Um, Synthesia is another one that's interesting that has avatars and AIs built into it where you can choose the look of the avatar, the ethnicity, uh, the language, and then write a short script that could become, say, your, you know, your hello on your about page of your website, et cetera. Uh, and I've got a mate who's in the middle of turning himself into a synthesia avatar so he can create video quickly and easily for his own business. So I think those tools are kind of interesting as well. I think uh, the big play for me that I'm seeing with my small business, micro and, and solopreneurs is that content creation. That seems to be the one area that constantly people are, you know, I don't have the time, I don't know what to think about, what do I write, blah, blah, blah. So I think that's where these tools really come to the rescue. Mm, I think you're right because I think all the business owners have realised now they do they do need a website, they do need a social presence, um, whereas I think before the pandemic they probably thought they could get away without it and mm. it's just become, you know, it's a must-have for business these days. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, you can be a great plumber or a great accountant but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're adept at writing social media content. And I think the big thing for me is to help people understand that these are the tools now that you can just sit in front of the screen and instead of having a blank page with a flashing cursor cursing you to write something, you can at least just pop in, you know, I'm a plumber that works on uh, consumers' houses, particularly around gas fitting, give me three ideas for a social media post. Mm. <laughs> it just makes everything so much more simple, doesn't it? Yeah. And that's that's the whole idea behind it. You know, anything that can simplify our lives or increase our productivity, I'm all for. Mm. All for, yeah. And um, 
your book uh, that you wrote earlier uh, last year, the one, your technophobia book, mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, do you think people have begun to get over that technophobia since the pandemic? Definitely. The the one thing that COVID did for technology is advances. I think the, the stats were by about five years. So definitely there's a lot more familiarity now around, oh, well, I'll just, we'll jump in Zoom and or jump in Teams or, you know, on a virtual platform of choice. And I think that, that people are a lot more comfortable connecting that way now. I still think, and and this is a an issue that all IT companies have, is they set themselves up not dissimilar to a bank or a telco company where they they almost want to keep people confused. So, you know, I was chatting to a person this morning and she was like, I just went to do this thing in Facebook and it's not there anymore. And I'm like, what do you mean it's not there anymore? And I jumped in and sure enough, it's not there anymore, you know. So <laughs> They keep moving things around or changing things that as soon as you become familiar or comfortable with something, it forces you to keep, you know, learning and changing. And if you are a sparky or a plumber or an accountant or something, you know, you don't have time to keep on top of everything all the time. So you just, it it forces people, I think, back into that, well, I know how to do Facebook, so I'll just do that. Or I've got a website now, so it can stay like that for three years. Um, and I think that the thing is now with the addition of AI this year is it's just really confirming to me how we all need to just be spending 15 minutes over a coffee, browsing the KBB site, watching the show, jumping on the YouTube channel, listening to some podcasts and just at least being aware of things that are going on. I'm not saying you've got to pick up everything and have a play with it but you at least need to be aware of what's coming through the pipeline. Mm. Yeah, I think there is still an education piece, isn't there? Mm, Very much so. And that's going to continue because technology doesn't stand still. So, you know, we just get the hang of one thing and something else comes out and don't even get me started on the fact that education is is up in arms about chat GPT and banning it from schools. I think they've got an amazing opportunity to teach critical thinking and, if anything, they're shutting that opportunity down. So we're creating the next generation that's going to come through somewhat technophobic as well because mm-hmm. they haven't been exposed to it. <laughs> that's quite ridiculous how we create problems for ourselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what about uh, in terms of digital transformation? Because I guess you'd, like AI, you're saying, is really kind of the buzzword and the thing that's on everyone's lips this year. A few years ago, it was all about digital transformation and you know automating um, processes and and tasks, taking a lot of that grunt work out of people's hands. Do you think there is still um, a case for for digital transformation? In Australia, do you think there's still businesses that are lagging behind? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I also think that, again, thanks to the pandemic, there was a bit of a realisation that just because we can automate something does not necessarily mean that we should automate something. So there's there's been a bit of a um, pushback towards more of this hyper 
personalization. So what I'm seeing with my clients now and what we're talking through is, well, do you really want to be in a mailing list that goes to everyone in Queensland or everyone in New South Wales when you've got a workshop on in Wagga but you're based in Byron Bay? Like are you really going to travel to there? So how can we how can we segment, how can we make it more personalised instead of just automating something because you fit the demographics or the psychographics? So I really think there's a lot of pushback and we're seeing that with you know, the amount of unsubscribes that people are, every day I'm hearing people go, oh, I've just unsubscribed from another, you know, two emails or five emails or 10 emails or whatever. It's because we automated because we could, not because we should. Mm. Do you think also there's a bit of that email fatigue though as well because people have kind of forced in a way to sign on to so many email lists just to get to the service that they want? (laughs) Yeah, look, I think there's a couple of things. One, right, we all have that email address that we use for those situations Mm. that we know, you know, like, oh, God, you know, if I really want this report, I've got to give them this email. So here's this email. Um, So I think there's, there's a bit of that. I think it's incumbent upon us as business owners to create the content that doesn't go on the unsubscribe list. Uh, But I'm also a big fan of working with brands and with businesses that offer a lot of value without asking for something. So I'll happily put out, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of free content and then probably one in five I might ask for an email in return. So I think there's, we've got to go back to thinking about it's a relationship. You know, we're dating essentially these people, asking them to check out our stuff decide whether we're the best fit for them. So forcing them to sign on or sign in for something when they're not ready to do so is not the best way to build a relationship. Mm. I guess it all comes back to that customer experience piece as well and where you were talking before about personalisation because that's what you want. You want to think when you're getting an email that it's an email that is super relevant for you. Absolutely. Otherwise, I'm deleting it. You know, we, we're so overwhelmed now that if you don't have my attention, A, first of all, in the subject line, I'm not opening your email. If I do open your email, then you've got the first paragraph and that, you know, I'm making those decisions. And you know, this says from a journalist point of view, I'm making those decisions every sentence or every paragraph as to whether I continue reading or not. And if I've deleted, you know, five of your emails in a row without even opening it, by the sixth one I'm kind of going, you know what, I should just unsubscribe for this because the content is not relevant to me anymore. Mm. So what would your advice be to business owners then? Do they really need to be honing those subject lines and what other things can they do to make sure that they're getting the right content to the right person? Spend the time, spend your time and effort segmenting your audience. So really knowing that if I send this email to Sess, Sess is going to think that she's the only person in the world that is getting this email, that it's written just for her with content that is relevant just for her. And if you can't hand on heart say that when you send it, probably don't send it and spend some more time, you know, really getting the the data right in the back end. I'm I'm saying to people now, go back to your old, you know, 
address book and just send an email to three people if they're the three people that need to know if you can't get your segmentation right in the back end. And that comes down to what CRM platform you use or email marketing platform or whatever. And that's a whole other, you know, conversation. But so that's the first thing. Get, get the segmentation right. Spend the time on your on your subject line because if you can't even get them to open the email, you're dead in the water. So really a lot of journalists and says I value your input here. I know a lot of journalists write their their content first and then save the title or the subject line to last because they know that's yeah. the book. Yeah. It gets exactly. you to open. Yeah. So spend your time you know, getting that content right first and then think about what's going to make somebody open this. But also think, you know, who's your audience? Does it have to be a written email? Can you send them a video instead or would they prefer an audio? Or, you know, what 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 do they want? So it's really going back to, again, putting the customer at the centre and thinking, well, what do they want, not what is best for you, what is easiest for you, what, what do they want? Mm. And so just then you're talking about the different types of content. What are some easy tools then that business owners can jump into to help them create different types of content? You were mentioning um, the video platform that you use to help you chunk your your webinars into bite-sized um, social yeah. snack bits. Yeah, <laughs> what, exactly. What, so that one's, that one's Pictory, P-I-C-T-O-R-Y. Um, there's also Synthesia, which is another really popular one now. Uh, but Canva, you know, just jump in and start playing around with Canva. They've got Magic Write now, which is like an AI uh, program built in and it's getting better all the time. So you can open up a doc in Canva and say, you know, write me a social media post around this and it'll do it. Um, you can also, if you've got the content, like the ideas written, you can upload an Excel spreadsheet to Canva and it will create the 10, 20, 50 tips in a row for you as social media tiles. So most people are already using, you know, Canva. It's a, it's a big program in Australia. So, you know, lean into some of the ones that you've already got rather than look for things to add on. If you have a look, Canva's got a great, um, learning platform built off the back of it. So if you're not sure, you can always jump in there and do a couple of quick lessons about how do I do this or how do I do that, and it'll add a lot of value to you. Lean into ChatGPT, you know, get it to ideate some some things for you around, you know, social media topics or whatever. Um, but when it comes to, to video, again, you can use Canva to create your reels or your, your quick boomerangs. Um, I'm not a fan really of adding a bunch of new stuff to people's shoulders when they're likely already got stuff in there they just don't realise will do extra things. So that's where mm. you just go back in, spend the 15 minutes in a platform that you're already comfortable with and, and go, well, what else can this thing do? Let's take it out for a test drive. Yeah, I think I've read something like people only use less than 10% of the capabilities of some of their software programs because they just haven't dived into what they can do. Yeah, absolutely. And then we go, you know, then we go out to our, our social media audience or to our friends and say, hey, I need something that can do this. And they all go, oh, use, use this or use this or use this and this is fantastic. So you go and sign up for another platform or another program only to find out that what you were looking for is is a feature of one of the programs that you already have. You just 
haven't spent the time to go back in and go, well, what else can this thing do? Hmm. What else are you finding business owners are coming to you in terms of tech issues? Uh, a big one at the moment, you know, there's a lot of interest in uh, webinars and podcasts again right now. So um, a lot of people are using webinars and online workshops as part of their lead magnets, as part of their marketing flywheels or funnels. So a lot of people wanting to know how to really use uh, virtual platforms like Teams or Zoom or, you know, whatever that webinar jam, webinar ninja, there's a million of them, um, to create those types of either on-demand or evergreen um, platforms. And I think webinars and, and online workshops are an amazing way to, to expedite a relationship with a client so I can see why they're really popular. It's been interesting that Zoom last year uh, updated their software to include online summits so I think that is now in the reach of small business owners um, and really, really great tools. If you've got, you know, a, a couple of other small business mates that are in business that is similar to you but not in competition, then you've got a great opportunity to collaborate, share databases and, and grow everybody's business. So things like that, the, the podcasting and the webinars and online workshops and summits and things are really kind of, lifting back up again mm. as as interest so is there a piece of tech that you just can't live without <sighs> don't limit me to one just one says my head being 30 different directions then um <laughs> look I can't live without zero because I'm rubbish at my own numbers so just knowing that that's there kind of ticking along in the background giving me a dashboard at the whole time of how things are operating that's that's a must-have for me chat gpt has very quickly be become something that you know i will very happily pay for it's it's added a lot of value to my business my clients very quickly um my social media platforms obviously um, and Zoom and Teams, I, I use them every single day and I wouldn't have a business if it wasn't for both Teams and Zoom. Just being able to run webinars, workshops, reach out to communities and, you know, be able to be talking to Broken Hill this morning and Albany this afternoon without having to jump on planes has been a game changer. Mm. So what if you put your um, futurist hat on and you gaze into the crystal ball a bit? What do you see as being the big thing in tech in the next, say, 12 months? Look, it's, it's I don't know if you heard that sigh then. It's kind of like <laughs> everything is just changing so quickly. I think what we're going to see is that ChatGPT will become ubiquitous inside a lot of the platforms that we already use. So I think we will find platforms like our social media scheduling tools and things like that will we'll get an API that will have ChatGPT as part of it. So we'll stop having to bounce around for so many different platforms and just go to one kind of location and maybe increase our subscription to get different values. I also think as business owners, wearable tech is going to become something that is going to be more of an interest. 
Um, I got the Aura ring for Christmas, so you are right. I don't know if you've heard about that, but it's changing the way that I'm thinking about my sleep and my activity. And that as a business owner is something that I've not had as much focus on as some of my other tech. So I think we're we're really starting to become aware now of how our health and wellness is impacting the actual growth and sustainability of our business. So I think that'll become more of a, a feature. I also think that we're probably going to see more of a growth of this combination of robotics and AI and what that means, which I think is probably going to impact um, more of your logistics and manufacturing style organisations quicker than it impacts an office-bound business. But I think that's going to be a huge shake-up when that comes. What about in terms of customer experience as well? Like uh, there was quite a bit of um, augmented reality and VR stuff going on for a while during the pandemic. Do you foresee that as being something that just becomes part of the course for people with a shop front? Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a great question. I think that what we're seeing there is much what we saw or what we're seeing now with ChatGPT. So the VR and the AR is still in the domain of the big boys, the big end of town, shall we say. It's still kind of priced out of reach of my small business. Um, however, that is only going to change as as the usage increases. So, you know, we're seeing companies like Lego now putting in um, a, um, AR, augmented reality, into their bricks, you know, but then they're also having VR shops that pop up in the middle of Times Square and things. So I think the more and more the corporate start to incorporate that type of tech, then the cheaper it will become that it will launch within um, within small business. So I, I think that's probably, I reckon, 18 months to three years. I think the big growth over the next 12 months is this, um, you know, native language, being able to API incorporate like something like ChatGPT so that every business with a website could have a chatbot if they wanted to and make it much easier for clients to reach them when they wanted to and engage in a way that they want to. So I think it's those type of platforms this year that will make have the biggest impact for micro and small business. Mm. And uh- what about um, processes? If you're a small business and you're yet to automate processes, what are some necessary processes that you think that would should be automated that would really save businesses time to kind of get out of the weeds and start thinking about big picture again? Mm. And again, you know, look, I hate to harp on it, but this is stuff you can use ChatGPT for. Write me a process about onboarding my client. <laughs> Do you have shares in ChatGPT You know, I hadn't really paid much attention to Sam Altman, um, who's one of the, the founders of OpenAI, but I tell you what, I'll be watching anything else he does from now on because I'm like, good grief, <laughs> this man kind of anything he touches. Um, but, it's again, it's, it's pushing the boundaries, right? So I would go back to it and say, you know, help me write a process to onboard a client. And then, of course, you're going to have to refine it. But you should have processes and procedures that for anything that you do as the principal business owner, you know, if you got hit by a camel, 
could your business keep going? So any if you answer <laughs> no to that, that's the stuff that you need to have a process, a procedure and a way to automate. I'm not sure when I would be hit by a camel. That would be a very unfortunate incident. Well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an internal joke that we use in our family quite a lot just as a, like it's never going to happen. But then we read an article the other week about a woman who was hit by a camel in the middle of <laughs> Outback Australia and we were like, right, this is actually a thing now it can happen. <laughs> I'm sorry to the lady who got hit by the camel and I hope oh, she's no. recovering. <laughs> and the camel was okay, by the way. So, <laughs> Well, I imagine human and camel, camel would come off better than human. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to bet on the human on that one. <laughs> All right, Tracy, thank you so much. It's just been lovely chatting with you today. Any final tips for our listeners? <sighs> Ten minutes a day. You know, grab a coffee, grab a glass of water. The, the moment that you sit down to have that little break, just flick your phone open, whether it's to go to the podcast, the the website, check out what KBB is doing. They've always got great stuff on there and just be willing to at least be open to what's out there. It doesn't mean you have to run off and try everything, but 10 minutes just to keep aware of, of how things are changing. Yep, it's always important to keep up to date with the latest trends, but just for anything in life, Absolutely. watch the news. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Tracy. Lovely Good chatting to you. Take All care. Right. See ya. Bye.